0: Have you ever noticed that the English that you learned in your classroom doesn't sound exactly like the English that American English speakers like myself use in conversations? Well, that's because you're speaking way too perfectly. American English speakers just don't use perfect grammar. They don't use the textbook phrases. So in today's English lesson, I'm going to teach you the phrases that you need to know so that you feel confident in your conversations with native English speakers. My name's Kayla. I'm an American English teacher. Visit englishwithkayla.com to sign up for my six week upgrade to native English conversation course. If you like speaking English and practicing on your own, this course is for you. My students say that the conversations that they've studied and the phrasal verbs and the idioms that they've learned have really helped them understand native English speakers. Now let's get started with this lesson he just stopped talking about the main subject. He totally just trailed off. So when you're in a conversation and someone just starts talking about things that aren't really related to the main subject or you're kind of unsure what they're talking about, maybe they're even mumbling like they're talking like this, you can say that they have trailed off. So, to trail off in a conversation, it means to not really talk about things that are relevant anymore. Or you can say, I didn't really hear what they were saying at the end of their speech because they just started trailing off. That means they started mumbling or, you know, just not really talking to the audience anymore. The way I feel about this has changed. I've really had a change of heart. So if you want to say that your own opinion or someone else's opinion has really changed, you can say that they've had a change of heart. When I was growing up, I would say, Mom, can I have a sleepover with my friend or can I do this? And maybe she'd say no. And then a few hours later, maybe she would say, I've had a change of heart. You can go. You can have your sleepover with your friend or whatever it might be. If someone has a change of heart, it just means their opinion on something or their decision has really changed. And usually it's changed for a reason, like maybe they've realized something or you've convinced them. That is going to be voided. That's just gonna cancel out. So the word void or the verb to void something, it's pretty formal. So a lot of times in English, we'll just say, oh, can you cancel that? Or can you cancel it out? So the phrasal verb cancel out is super useful when you want to say void it or get rid of it. Another way that we use this phrasal verb cancel out that I think is super useful is if two things just cancel out each other. Let me give you an example. So some people, they exercise in the morning and then in the evening, they eat very unhealthy food. They eat junk food, they eat McDonald's or pizza, And I would say those two things, they kind of just cancel out. There's no reason to exercise if you're just going to eat unhealthy. They cancel out each other. I'm going to take a risk by saying something that people are not going to like. I'm just going to stick my neck out. This is totally one of those idioms that I just heard in a conversation and I had to take my phone out and write it down because I knew I had to teach it to you. If you want to say that you're going to say something and you know it's going to be unfavorable, or people might even criticize you for it, you can say, I'm going to stick my neck out. Now, I don't want to get too graphic or too, you know, gory, but we think about a chicken and how we butcher them in order to be eaten. That is where this idiom comes from. So if you're going to say something and you know you're going to be criticized, and you know, have to deal with some consequences for saying it, you can say you're going to stick your neck out. And sometimes it's really important to be the person that's sticking their neck out and going against the popular opinion of things. I want to show you what's happening in secret, I'm going to show you what's happening behind the scenes. A great way to say that something is going on in secret, or you're going to show someone, you know, the things that they don't know about necessarily, you can say, I'm going to show you what's happening behind the scenes. So if I was showing you behind the scenes of me recording this video, I would literally be showing you my camera, my computer, my scripts, things like that. So, behind the scenes is what happens that people don't usually know about when it comes to running a business or, you know, filming something or even in a kitchen, behind the scenes, what's happening. I have to record the time that I'm going to start work. I'm gonna clock in. One phrase that is completely essential to know in the United States, if you have a job where you have to record the time that you start working, is to clock in. So instead of saying recording the time, we say we're gonna clock in. And when we leave work, we say we're going to clock out. When I, I've had many jobs in my life. Sometimes I would clock in on a cash register. Sometimes I would clock in on a computer. Sometimes I would clock in with an old fashioned machine. So it just records the time that you start work. You can also use this phrase in the past tense. You could say I clocked in early today. I have really relied on your support to help me. I really banked on you helping me. Instead of saying I relied on something, English speakers will very frequently say that we banked on something. Especially if we were thinking that something was going to happen and our actions were assuming that was gonna happen, we can say, I banked on that happening. So you could say, I banked on winning the lottery. This would not be a very good thing to rely on happening, but if you banked on winning the lottery, you would probably spend a lot of money before you've actually won the lottery. I don't know about that example, but you know you don't want to rely on things before they happen or bank on them. What you said just doesn't matter. It's a moot point. So if someone is arguing something that really doesn't matter or they're asking questions about something that's totally irrelevant, you can tell them that's a moot point. This means that the idea that they're talking about It's so irrelevant that it's moot. And I believe Shakespeare was the one to coin this term moot point. So we can thank the British for this one. I think things turned out fine even though there were some difficulties. It turned out fine given the circumstances. So when you want to say that things were not perfect in a situation, you can say given the circumstances. And when we say this, we can say that the circumstances were bad. So given the circumstances, I did really well on the test. So maybe in these circumstances, you didn't get much sleep the night before, you were late to the test, um, you were feeling sick. The circumstances or you know, the things surrounding the experience that you had were very poor but usually we use this when we're saying, but we're, you know, negating what we just said. Given the circumstances, I did well, even though it was bad, I did well. I told her all of my negative opinions about her behavior. I went off on her. So when you want to say that you criticize someone, you know, you told them all the things that you don't like about them, you can use this slang phrase. You can say, you went off on someone. Or if you're going to do it in the future, you can say, I'm going to go off on someone. This just means you're going to be very honest and you're actually going to be brutally honest and maybe kind of rude to the person. And you're going to speak your opinions and your feelings about them. And you're not going to be polite or kind at all. I was able to see what the experience would be like from trying it out. I was able just to get a taste of it. So I use this phrase to get a taste of something when I've done the experience or the thing for just a little bit. So growing up, I never played softball, a sport here in the United States. But when I was in college, I, you know, played in a league for a little bit with my friends. It was you know, very informal, very relaxed. So I just got a taste of the sport. I didn't play very competitively. I just got a taste of it. I was able to resist eating before it was time, even though I was very hungry. I was starving, but I was able to hold out. Instead of saying that you were able to resist something or resist a temptation, you can say I was able to hold So I think that this phrasal verb is used a lot when it comes to having to eat. You're very hungry, but you're waiting for a special meal or you're waiting for your food to come out at dinner at a restaurant and you're saying, oh, I'm just holding out for dinner. I'm holding out for the main dish. It means you're waiting and you're resisting, you know, just going to get a candy bar or going to eat something very quickly. They are very smart and quick to answer questions. They are so sharp. A really common way that we tell someone that they're smart in the United States is we say they are sharp. A really kind of funny, a little bit rude idiom to say that someone is not smart is to say they are not the sharpest crayon in the box. This is a way to say that they're stupid. I would attribute her success to her hard work. She owes her success to hard work. So instead of saying attributing something or giving credit to something, we just say I owe it to this. So you might say, I owe my hard work ethic to my mom because she always taught me how to work hard. Uh, I'm starting to reconsider my decision. I'm second-guessing myself. Instead of saying that you are reconsidering something, you might want to say that you're second-guessing it. This phrase is really common. It just means that you made your decision, but you're thinking again about it. So we use this phrase second guess to mean reconsider. Remember that your English doesn't need to be perfect because native English speakers do not have perfect English. But if you have these natural phrases and you use them correctly, people will tell you you have perfect English. Thanks again for studying with me. Make sure to visit EnglishWithKayla.com to study with me some more. Or go ahead and watch the next two videos on screen. I know you'll learn some more great English phrases and vocabulary from them. Thanks again for studying, and I'll see you in the next lesson. Goodbye.